Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And welcome to Secure the Insecure, the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert, and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. Now, if you've been listening to Secure the Insecure for a while, you know that I love reuniting with CBBC presenters basically using the idea of nostalgia to go back to my childhood and just remember a happier time. A time where I'd come home from school, sit in front of the TV for a couple of hours and just watch some fantastic shows. So, this week we're going to talk to one of my favourite presenters, but I've also spoken to some of my other favourite presenters because they're all my favourites and I used to have a, a wall at home on the way up on my stairs that just had all their autograph cards. So, quick plug, Go to previous episodes of Kirsten O'Brien and Angelica Bell. Search for them on Secure the Insecure and basically just go into CBBC nostalgia. But today, I'm going to tell you about my guest. It was 2002 when I first came across her. I was 10 years old and she hosted two shows. She hosted Crush, the show with Barney Harwood, where they used to go to a primary school and there would be two teams and two of the uh, one boy, one girl would fancy each other and then all their friends would get involved and it'd be like some little games. And then there was a show called Exchange. A groundbreaking show, a children's show that was like this morning, where children were seen to actually be like adults, and she hosted that. Since then, she's graduated from, well, kids TV, children's TV, the TV that I still watch, and now does adult daytime TV. Daytime TV, a show which is just everywhere. Every time I read The Sun Online, the show is focused a place in the sun. I'm delighted to say, joining me on Skiddy and Skiddy this week, it's one of my favourites, it's Jean Johansson. Hello, Jane. Hello, Johnny. I bet you say to every CBBC presenter that they're your favourite, right? Do you know what? I actually do. <laughs> because I, no, I love I it so a, much. You're a real fan and it's lovely. It is nostalgic because they were such simple times, sort of the internet was in its infancy and, and, and I still I'll go out to clubs or big events and, and people will come and, and say to me, I used to I got in from school, I dropped my school bag and I sat and watched for three hours. It was really good quality programming, so I'm really proud that I was part of it. And also you gave the platform for kids to go on and I reckon and I'm sure that this would be true in two ways but I'm sure a lot of the people you work with 
all grew up watching on TV. And I know for myself that I used to go on Exchange, which you hosted, and I went on there about eight times. I did Blue Peter, I did Exchange, I did Smile, <laughs> I did all the shows. And the only reason I've got my career is purely down to CBBC because on the website it said, how do you be a CBBC presenter? And it said, do hospital radio. And that's how I fell into radio. And my whole career was based going to TV centre week in, week out to be on shows that you presented. Brilliant. And what a great way to get into it. And, you know, I think what a lot of people don't realise is that a lot of the big names that you see on TV now all started in children's. You know, Holly Willoughby, Fern Cotton, Jake Humphrey, uh, Angelica Bell, a lot of, you know, Matt Baker. We were all at CBBC at the same time. So it really was a breeding ground and a training ground for all the presenters who are now the, the household name. So, um, yeah, really, really great talent pool. And that's the thing because, you know, you had CBBC in TC9, which was its own little place and it had, you had the Blue Peter Garden behind it. And then you had the CBBC channel and that gave us presenters like Barney, like Sophie, McDonald, like Jake. And suddenly there was this new platform. And then Exchange came along, which started as a 7.30am show and it was repeated in Mm -hmm. the afternoon. And it was that place where kids actually got to be like kids. But you had a kitchen set and taught kids how to cook. And you went and did VTs and you had bands come in and you made kids feel like they were adults. Oh, it's so good to hear that. And I think that's what was always at the back of our minds. And it doesn't happen so often now these days. And I think that's where a a lot of sort of um, after school programming goes wrong because it's simple just treat the the kids as equals which we always did we never taught down we never patronized and I just don't think there's safe spaces like that anymore for kids it was so safe you could put your child in front of the Disney Channel or exchange for three hours after school and know that they weren't going to hear anything inappropriate yes we it was educational yes we treated our viewers as equals but we never pushed any boundaries it was all quite innocent but informative and fun fun there's so many kids that don't know how to have fun anymore so I'm just I'm proud to have been part of that wave and that time because children's tv was just great quality you know the production that went into it live gallery shows big bands you know from atomic kitten f club seven blue girls allowed doing live performances where do you get that anymore it doesn't happen and that's it. and even the dramas as well i think if you think about across the spectrum you know programs like the queen's nose and tracy breaker these groundbreaking yeah. shows that the drama values in it they were treated as big dramas big kids microscope as well to name a few yeah, absolutely. And I would love to see some more quality um, kids viewing it. It's lovely to see Tracy Beaker coming back and the reception it got young and old because nostalgia is just such a nice place to be for people. So ho- hopefully more of that. I mean, can you imagine bringing Exchange back for a week with me, Jake, Holly, Otis, Angelica, big names? It'd be so much fun just a great group of presenters and a great group of people and I'm so happy I I did uh, House of Games recorded an episode with Adi Adepitan he was one of the fellow contestants and we just fell back into 2002 all the same banter you know like any old set of co-presenters we just got right back into it because we're filming as live so and seeing his career he did actually come to my dressing room and say who who would have thought and Sort of, we took a moment to just pat ourselves on the back because you're going back to 2002. So to still have a career, to still be on telly, on primetime shows, is a huge, huge achievement. So I do pat myself on the back for that because it's not easy to have longevity in this industry. 
It's not. And I think the first thing to just say before we move on to your career, because obviously I don't want to focus just on the fast way, technically I could, <laughs> is the diversity. You know, like you said, Ade Dapperton, who was a wheelchair basketball player yeah. before the show, you had Angelica Bell. Diversity was big at CBBC, especially on Exchange in particular. And way before we were talking about diversity, diversity didn't exist. It was based on your talent. And I think that's something I tell, something that we always forget. Yeah, but I, tell, I tell you why. One reason, Tanya Moti, who was driving force of Exchange, who is a disabled woman herself, who's an ethnic minority woman. So you see when people are in the top positions that come from diverse backgrounds, you get diversity without even trying. There were no sort of a diversity initiatives or going out and trying to find disabled or black presenters. Guess what? We were just there. We always have been. We always will be. And there was someone willing to put these people on TV. So Otis Dealey, Adi, myself, Angelica, nobody was talking about diversity or our race. We were just there. So in between that time and where we are now, I don't know what happened. It was almost like it was safe to have us in children's, but sort of nowhere else, you know what I mean? It, it, there seemed to be a gap in diversity for years. Um, but for me, Tanya Moti is the reason why CBBC was so diverse. And she sort of did that without trying. And that maybe is just the way to do it. Just give talented presenters jobs and you will get diversity so long as you don't exclude anyone or have any prejudices against anyone. Exactly that. So then what happens? You obviously leave Exchange. I was very sad. And then you went off to the big wide world of TV. What took you from Exchange to get into the mainstream? And how hard was it for you? It was so hard. So, so difficult. I mean, I was... Even though I looked 20, I was 25 by my last year on exchange. And um, an opportunity had come up. Um, Chris Evans was execing a game show on Challenge TV. And I went and auditioned for it. And they kind of liked my um, the skills that I had from children's. I could do live TV. I could wear an earpiece. I could count to commercials. All the skills were there. Um it was just, you know, a six o'clock time slot. So I was very, very lucky. The other presenters on that were Caroline Flack, <laughs> God rest her. And she she didn't stay long, though, Caroline. And who else was on it? James McCourt was on it, another kids presenter, Jane Sharp. Um, there was a few of us and short-lived, but great experience. So that sort of gave me that leg up but it took me about 10 years to try and lose the reputation of being a kids presenter it um it was just the way people saw me for for years i think i i think it wasn't until i went off and had a baby and had some time out around 2008 2010 then i came back looking older being more mature and sort of leaving all of that behind me well, I suppose in a way it made you grow up and get some life skills because although you'd done children's telly and you could talk to an autocue, et cetera, et cetera, you were quite young when you started out and so therefore you hadn't yeah. picked up those life skills that other people had had. You hadn't had that heart, but you hadn't got that other side to you, that human side that's needed when you're doing a lot more older TV. Absolutely, and being a mum helps with that a lot. You know, that's the most kind of real thing you can go through. So, um yeah, becoming a parent and sort of, as you say, having those ups and downs, heartaches, births, deaths, marriages, 
that's what makes you a fully rounded person. So when I did come back after having Junior, one of the first things that I did was the one show uh, as a reporter, and that was just great to get back into it and almost almost be reinvented by by that time enough time had passed that I wasn't going into meetings and people were going oh you're Jean from CBBC or you're Jean from the Disney Channel I was just this sort of new talent almost but with this great training and great CV behind me well did that help as well because obviously I know you as Jean Anderson and on my phone (laughs) others had for years and years on my phone you're still saved as Jean Anderson I've not migrated over to Jean Johansson so did it help, I suppose, that you had a new son and that those who associated you with Kids TV had kind of stopped? Possibly, possibly. But I've always had one of those faces, you know. The truth is there aren't very many mixed-race Scottish girls on TV. So even years and years later, going into meetings, people would go, you're familiar to me and <laughs> I don't know how I know you. but And it's like, I've just been on telly for 20 years, whether it's been the Disney Channel or CBBC or you've, you've caught a one-show report. So, you know, I'm familiar to people, even if it's in their subconscious. And that I think that has been a really good, a good positive thing in my career with helping me get work. Well, that's the weird thing is it's work, isn't it? And like, even if you haven't hosted this morning for 20 years, you've still had a 20-year TV career. And it just means you've yeah. done lots of little things. But you can say you're a broadcaster, you're a TV presenter. It doesn't matter yeah. if one has watched your show, you've lived it, you've done the work. Oh, totally. And I completely stand by my TV now. And when I have TV meetings with big execs, at big broadcasters, you know, I really walk into the room owning my experience and feeling really comfortable talking about it and letting them know, you know, because as you know, on radio, there's this safe pair of hands thing where before anything gets handed over they have to know you're a safe pair of hands i am definitely a safe pair of hands if you've bothered to look at my cv you would know that training for me started in my 20s i'm 40 now so if you need somebody that can hit a commercial can hit counts can wear an earpiece can cope with live changes that come really fast you know i'm your woman just learning things working with producers understanding fairly and how it works i can now at this point in my career probably at the top of my game right now and how amazing is that for you to say now age 40 20 years later to say i'm at the top of yeah. my career now <laughs> yeah. i mean it's took a while it would have been nice if that happened 10 years ago but that's not life that's not what life's like it's only now where i'll finish a series and go i'm completely happy with that or I get to an end of a Place in the Sun episode and go, yeah, that was great. I still have ones where I think they weren't, but, you know, usually I can I can now take the accolades and, and own my success and own when I am good at something. You know, I, I'm going to, this is an exclusive to you, I'm going to be doing some um, interviews for BBC Sunday Morning Live, and these are sort of long-form celebrity interviews, and I think even five years ago I'd have been a bit scared of it, and a bit scared of the kind of tone and doing a 10 o'clock in the morning BBC One show might have frightened me a little bit and took me out of my comfort zone and now I just can't wait to do it. I know that I'm qualified, I know that I'm good interviewer and now I've got a real bring it on attitude so it's a really nice place to be in. Who are the type of celebrities that you're going to be interviewing for that? Really interesting and really varied. If you've watched the show, they have everyone from... I just watched one with Johannes from Strictly. And, you know, with Sunday Morning Live, there's a bit of faith sometimes weaved in 
to the interviews and, and values and ethics. And that's a really interesting, that's something really meaty for me to grab hold of when I'm talking to people because you'll know from being a podcaster, it, when you meet certain people, you sort of grab onto one thing, usually whatever project they're doing or something you've read about them. But when you start going into who people are from their ethics and values and how they were raised into faith, if they have any, so interesting and intimate. I, I think it's really interesting to interview celebrities anyway, but when you, you're going at it from an angle of who are you according to your ethics and your values and how you were raised and what your faith is, if you have any, that really excites me and is um, is, a, is a far cry from when I'd sit down with, with Atomic Kitten asking when the next single was out. So that sort of... Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Journey and curve in my career is just lovely for me to sort of sit back and go, wow, I'm doing proper research and I'm really going to get deep with this person. So I'm really looking forward to that. Another new string to my bow and uh, I'm excited about it. One of the, the people I'm going to be interviewing is, is Sikh. I don't know that much about the Sikh religion and I'll be interested to know that's a basis, you know, for his career and the things that he's achieved and how he lived his life. So it's just so interesting and something I would never have maybe pitched myself for. You know, that time slot on a Sunday. It's not a religious show, but it has an element of faith. Um and I, I do consider myself of having faith. Again, not anything I ever talk about to anyone, but it sort of made me ask questions of myself as well. So 
it's just a great thing to have as part of your job, you know, going out of your comfort zone and, as you say, learning new stuff. And is that because you've been in the industry for 20 years that you don't talk about your faith because you don't want it to define you? Obviously, you know, you've got a bit of an accent on you. That could define you. And so as a broadcaster, you're very mainstream. You know, you don't have one niche. And so having that religion, do you think that would define you more so? Because also, I don't think of you as a diverse presenter. I see you as a normal mainstream presenter, but you're not going to suddenly tick a certain box. Yeah, I mean, it just never came up. I was raised Christian. I believe those are my values, but uh, I don't know if they define me. Probably other people would have to tell you that. Um, I just, it's just, you know, not being an arsehole and not being a horrible person. Those are the really values that I've lived my life by and trying trying to be a good person every day, like we all do. Those are more my values of every day rather than, any religion but yeah i would say that i definitely have a center in christianity if you want to call it that and that's been tested of course like all of us through lives and deaths and births and marriages and getting through the last year i definitely prayed a lot over the last year and a half i think a lot of people will have with this pandemic yeah yeah i i I wouldn't hide it i never have it's just never came up what were you praying? Here I am talking to you about it. <laughs> well, see, this is it. This is it. We're getting deep. We're getting deep. What were you praying for, and who are you praying to? Because oh my gosh, uh, my mom and dad's health. Like a lot of people my age, where our parents are just that little bit older, especially when the pandemic first hit. It was just protect them. You know, I just praying for my mom and dad, for people that are close to me, for anybody. Just keep us all safe, everyone keep us all safe from this crazy invisible virus that has came and turned our worlds upside down and i think that there was a comfort in me which will sound silly to people or crazy to people that have no religion or don't believe in god but for me it was just i found comfort in that and that's the traditional religion sense and now we're in a new wave where like a, a like a non-linear version which is all about the law of attraction and spirituality yes, and great. positivity and great. self-development where does that fit into it? and i'm not talking about something morning life because that has to be traditional but with you yeah. personally where do you see that positivity does that come back to christianity or is that something different for you something different for me that's a kind of spirituality and sort of tuning into my inner self someone bought me the secret i think when i was about 25 and that changed everything for me, the law of attraction, understanding that I get back what I put out there, understanding that the power is all within me is was life-changing. And how I try to live my life every day is just knowing that I hold a lot of the power and that I, I control, you know, I can manifest things. I have done many times in my career, many times. I, I can also attract bad negative things as well which again i have done that many times in my life in my career so i'm definitely a work in process but always learning and i love love self-improvement and self-help you know it's a big part of my life now so that's one of the burns a secret she brought out the greatest secret last year another great book but i need to give you two more Jay Shetty, Think Like a Monk, and Matt Haig's Midnight Library. Those two I books are going to change Haig. your life. Okay, let me let me let me get those. Yeah, I will. I will. I love Matt Haig, so definitely. Well, obviously, I'll... another cheeky plug. Matt Haig featured on Security and Secure last year, so go and ah. download that episode. 
He is incredible. Incredible. Yeah, he really is. He really is. Um, anybody that can turn their life around when they've been in such darkness is a real, a real inspiration to me. And I'm addicted to podcasts, Johnny. Like I like, love like this Elizabeth. one, obviously. Yeah, like yours, like Elizabeth's Day, How to Fail. It's all great. Um, Happy Place by Fern Connick. Oh. Listening to podcasts that are all you know, bright and lovely and funny. But when I hear stories of adversity, especially how people got over it, it just, um, oh, I, I'm just buzzing, you know, and I'll listen to them over and over again. Uh, I've listened to the same podcast just when I need to hear from her again. I need to remember what he said again. So, um, and I, I think your podcast is in that same vein, you know, people being vulnerable and not being, you, you know, you you don't often get this deep with people. So I think podcasts like yourself are good because if you've got fans or just people that know you or like you or don't know you and want to hear from somebody they don't know to talk about your vulnerabilities and, and scary places that you go sometime, I think is really helpful for people because I know it's helpful for me. You, do you know what? You hit the nail on the head about realising it because all these podcasts go for the big celebrities and, you know, Happy yeah. Place with Fern Cotton is such a fantastic, fantastic, Great, fantastic yeah. podcast. Also one which I presume you know of, but if not, Simon Thomas from Blue Peter, his Life Interrupted ah, podcast, okay. incredible. Yeah. And Kate Thornton's White Wine Question Time as well, incredible. She was on my podcast a couple of weeks ago. Okay. But the thing about this is that sometimes it's the people you don't know who have the best stories. It doesn't mm. have to just be because they're a celebrity and you know them. Obviously yeah. that helps, but sometimes you get amazing episodes. And I always urge people, don't just listen to people you know. Listen to ones you don't know because you're going to learn something new and see a new way of life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's so true. I just love a life story. And I think that's a lot of what my career has been. I just like people. It's, it's as simple as that. You know, if anybody was to ask me kind of the secret of my career, I'll just say I like people and I'm interested in people. And that's sort of the basis of, you know, <laughs> what all my presenting work is. You know, I was interested in those kids on crush. I'm interested in the couples on A Place in the Sun and why they're trying to achieve their dream. I'm just into people and hopefully they're into me as well well that's the career side but what about the real eugene who's the real gene where what are the insecurities there that define you do you think oh you know nothing not i'd love to you know go really like uh, obscure with this but the same as every other probably 40 year old woman i've had a struggle with my weight for the first time in my life over the last year and a half um, because of, I suppose I can blame the pandemic, I became a bit of a stress eater for the first time in my life and also probably more alcohol than I've, you know, ever had. But th- this is something I'm hearing all the time. It's nothing new. But the other side of that is then putting on the weight and not being able to lose it because gyms are shorter because I'm travelling or because I-, I can't find the time in my day. So I've got to say I've had a few down moments watching old episodes, episodes of Place in the Sun and not being happy with how I look and sort of going down that road of scrutinising myself. So that's been a sort of a, a sort of a recent new thing because I'm an ex-model. I've never, ever struggled with my weight. It's never been a thing in my life. And it is now. And I, I'm hosting a big event soon. And there was a designer um as often happens with these things, there will be a designer who's happy to lend you or borrow you an address for the evening. And they sort of asked for my dress size. And when I told them at the moment, I'm sort of verge 12 to 14, they sort of sent back an email going, well, we only have six, eights and tens. And for the rest of the day, I was just really down and floored by it. And it's 
probably silly to some people because if you put on weight, jump on an exercise bike or go for a run and, and lose it. But it just was the last thing I needed to hear after this sort of year and a half of trying to accept this new body that I'm carrying around to have someone to go, actually, it's not acceptable because we don't go any higher than a size 10. So you still get knocks like that, no matter who you are, that can really affect you. And um, it's kicked me into touch as well because I've got back to the gym. But, you know, that. so that's been an insecurity of mine. And I guess just being a working class minority woman in this industry just has lots of challenges I don't think I'm insecure about that anymore I think I sort of at 40 years old I'm very much owning who I am what I look like and what I sound like but in the past I think you know seeing anyone else around that was kind of like me did make me insecure but do you not think in the same way that it's giving you that chance to go right I'm not a model anymore I'm a broadcaster I'm a mum I'm a wife I don't need to be defined by the way I look and now I can be who I want to be I know I can get the TV yeah. I can actually if that agency said no you are a size 12 and we only want size 6s well that says more about them than it says about you especially now you've done law of attraction and you don't want to be around that toxicness because the last no. thing you would want to do is be in the tightest dress that you feel sick in yeah exactly it's exactly that and it, but it, it just shows you that even though we think we've moved on as a society and that those sort of beauty standards don't exist anymore they really do they really do you know so as much as you're you're looking at yourself in the mirror and saying i'm beautiful and i look good and you're not giving yourself any toxic comments or you know being able to accept a compliment it just takes one person to sort of go no no that you're not acceptable like that i do my work i've got my things that i do to bring myself back from that but yeah it has been a bit of a bit of a battle for me and you do get judged on tv as well you know you know as much as we want to diversify in terms of race and class and sexuality everybody looks the same way on telly that's you know what i mean in terms of body size really you know, everybody kind of looks the same. Alison Hammond falls out of the box. But apart from her, it's pretty much everybody's pretty uniform. So even though it's not said, I think there are still some sort of expected, unexpected way to look if you're on television. So when, what do you do? So to not have that imposter syndrome and think, right, I can do a job. What do you do to make sure that you your head stays above the ground? I mean, imposter syndrome, I very rarely have. And, uh, you know, that might sound conceited, but because I have 20 years behind me, I rarely feel out of my depth. I don't often get imposter syndrome because as well, and another thing I've learned through the self, self-help and working on myself is that every single thing that's happened in my life has led to this moment. So if I'm sat on the sofa on this morning, I am meant to be there. I have work to be here, you know, when I'm in Malaga, ready to, you know, say action on another episode of A Place in the Sun. I deserve to be here. I worked to get here. I have my days when, of course, there are, I'm questioning myself, but I'm quite good at talking myself around quite quickly. I don't dwell on things and I try not to go down any dark holes. Amazing, amazing. Right, let's talk A Place in the Sun. Now, you're doing a special episode for Channel 4's Black to Front on the 10th of September. So this is where they're doing an all-day of effectively black programming, starting with The Big Breakfast with Major Dudu and Mo. And that's been the big thing, that they're bringing The Big Breakfast back. But now you're going to do something different with A Police in the Sun. Tell us all about it. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just another Replace in the Sun episode, and that's the great thing. You know, the big breakfast, they've brought it back. There's a new uh, reality show with an all-black cast going to be on. But for Replace in the Sun, we always have diversity with our couples, you know, and we have diverse presenters, so we didn't need to switch anyone out or introduce a new format. Well, it's just another Replace the Sun episode, and our two co- contributors are a black couple, and I'm I'm really proud of that because... You know, when people are asking what's special about this episode, nothing. It's amazing, like every other episode. That's so boring for the media when the media want to say (laughs) it's different. It is. It's not different. I mean, we're not hiding away from the fact not as many black couples apply for the show as we'd like. So there is a message for me. I just want everyone to see this episode and reinforce the message that everyone is welcome on a place in the sun and it's not a cheesy line it's true i've stood in gran canaria with a gay couple from glasgow telling them about the gay beach and and the bars in the yumbo center you know that's how much telly has moved along do you know what i mean that was a big moment for me three working class glass regions on Channel 4 Prime Time, talking about the gay beach in Gran Canaria. So I place the sun's up there when it comes to diversity. And this episode is just a black couple because it's part of the Black to Front lineup. Amazing. And final question, Jane. What's the secret to a place in the sun? Because it's all over the media. Every time I open the newspapers, a place in the sun is featured. We love seeing people achieve their dreams. And I think people really root for the couples in which lovely. It's attainable because your budget can be 25 grand or 250 grand or 500 grand. But I think we're just seeing a dream come true for anyone is just great, really. And that's often what you get within a Place in the Sun episode. Dreams do come true. Manifest and the law of attraction. Wonder Burns the Secret. Such a fantastic book. Gene Johansson, June Anderson, such a fantastic broadcaster. Go back through Jean's career. Go and find those episodes of Exchange and Crush. Go through those 20 years of her presenting history because she's such a fantastic broadcaster. I absolutely love her. You've been listening to Skiddy and Skiddy with me, Johnny Seafrey. If you like me hard, get your iPhones out. Go on to Apple iTunes if you're not listening on there already. Go down, give it a five-star rating and leave a review because I can't make this podcast successful without your help. As we say, it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seafrey. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.